Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits podcast, and we're in our summer school 2021 series because you know it's summertime and we got to learn things. Uh, we can't just sit around and, and misbehave all the time. Got a, another great guest coming up for you here in just a second, but remember to check out our Give It a Try highlight series, which drops every Monday night on our social media at Hop Spirits, all one word. And if you're not, you need to check us out on all of our social media at Hop Spirits find a lot of fun things including giveaways and so much more so you need to check that out again at hop spirits all one word but we're in the midst of summer school 2021 and we have a special guest for you this week chad watson better known as my daily bourbon on instagram chad welcome in thanks for having me awesome to be here man thank you yeah absolutely uh two two kentucky guys so that's that's even better yeah <laughs> uh now i'm gonna start this off with one tough question sometimes they're tough sometimes they're not uh but for you what was your worst subject in school or the class that you hated the most Oof. um so i was that guy in school um which you probably can't tell but i mean at one point in my life i had a mohawk that was you know, foot and a half tall. <laughs> I played in a punk band. I was a skateboarder. So until about my senior year, I hated every subject. Um, I just did not enjoy school. Um, I, I didn't take it seriously. And then my senior year, or actually my junior year, I should say, is when I buckled down. And there wasn't a subject I hated, but I did get kicked out of physics class um, as a junior because I argued too much with a teacher. Um, so I'll probably say that because I, I was heavily into mathematics and science art and music. And, um, I like to question things. I, you know, why does something do something or why is it this way? You know? And she's like, I can't, I can't handle this. You're, you're gone. We're, we're, we're moving you get out of here. So that, that's probably mine. Uh, see for me, I, I never loved English growing up, which is weird because I ended up becoming a writer and getting into like public relations and things like that. Uh, but I think the one class I really hated the most was in college and it was, I believe it was macroeconomics. The professor looked like Santa Claus, but had zero personality and about put me to sleep. And, uh, I wanted to go into business after that class. I did not want to go into business anymore. And I was ready for a major change at that point, which, uh, that, that, if that tells you anything about how bad of a, a class that was it just was not not for me that that was a, a wake-up call on on college life so to speak <laughs> i had a teacher like that as applied applied mathematics and engineering when i was in college and i mean it was pretty much cut and dry here's your equation do this and the teacher would give you an hour long like breakdown of the equation and everyone's just like <laughs> like come on come, come on man let's let's move along yeah, just slowly fading in and out. Just you know, yeah. someone falls out of their chair, <laughs> which which can happen too. On the topic that we're about to talk about, too. I mean, if you just yes. have too much fun, you you might be falling out of <laughs> out of out of your chair. Uh, but for those that don't know, or maybe you know, they're they're just this may be the first time they're hearing about my daily bourbon. That's your Instagram handle. Yes. How, how did you start that, and and kind of why why did you start that? Um. I was using my personal page and for about a year, it'd be like, Hey, look what bottle I have, or I'm drinking this tonight. Or I take a somewhat half-assed picture next to my record player trying to be, you know, cool. And, uh, during that, that fall winter, uh, I never really shared my passion for bourbon. You know, I had several bottles, nothing like I have now. Um, but I was posting more often than not just about whiskey and I made a post one day. It's like, Oh, you know, my girlfriend's getting angry with me only posting about bourbon and a buddy of mine, David, who I worked with at Walmart in Moorhead was like, why don't you start a whiskey page? And I was like, God damn it. You are smart, man. So, <laughs> uh, I had the intentions of going purely, you know, I went with my daily bourbon. I was like, I'm going to post every day. I might do a review every day, do something every day. And then I realized that's hard. There's 365 days in a year. I work retail. Um, I work a lot of hours in retail, not as many as I used to, but posting every single day, especially reviewing me means I was one drinking a lot. And <laughs> two, I was doing nothing but spending money. Like, all right, I don't have this bottle. Someone said review it. I would buy it. And then I'd spend like two hours analyzing something on my iPad, like ignoring my girlfriend and the world. So I got in this habit of, 
Now I'm just going to review periodically, but try and post as often as possible. There you go. Hey, that, that is one thing I, have, <laughs> I learned really quickly is one is if you really want to post something new every day, that's a lot. of, and, and it's not like you might have like one beverage or one brand that you like or you're feeling for a little while. Right. Well, guess what? You can't really drink that one or post about it every day because then that's not exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, I totally get that. And it's funny because I've heard a lot of other people say I had it on my one page then my family and friends got tired of me showing off all my <laughs> all my beer or my bourbon and next thing you know you, you've got this I, I i love to hear that now for you you kind of mentioned the bourbon journey a little bit there like you said you know you did you had bottles and such and then but not not like you do now how's that been for you what's how did your bourbon journey go did you always love it or is this kind of a, a recent so it uh I'll start back when I, you know, whenever I was, uh, you know, high school, I didn't drink whiskey. High school, it was, for some reason, I drank uh, spiced rum. I mean, it, if I had the money to get someone to buy me Captain Morgan, that was like living, you know, high life right there. <laughs> Otherwise, it was like Sailor Jerry's or whatever cheap knockoff I can get. And Monster Energy drink. And I don't know why I mixed those two, but I did. I mean, that was like Four loco before Four loco was a thing, mixing caffeine and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um and then slowly, I, you know, I hung out with a lot of older people. And I, like I said, I played music. So I got to know like these people in bands and at, at little bars and stuff. And one day I was hanging out with a guy at a bar and he was just like, you know, makers, you ever had makers and Coke? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm 19 years old, never had makers and Coke. And I probably should be saying this, but yeah. uh, so, you know, they didn't ask me my age. I don't think they knew my age, but, you know, he gave me a makers and Coke. And I was like, man, this is really good. Um so I got to hang out with friends, you know, I had some friends who that's all they, their dads drank or they drank makers and Coke. I grew up in a small town. Uh, we had one bar, one liquor store and like seven churches. So <laughs> you, you, most people on Sundays where I grew up, you couldn't buy alcohol. So on Saturdays, the, the bar and the liquor store were slammed. Everyone's getting their makers, their Woodford on Sunday, they go to church after that they have dinner. So I'd go meet up with some friends. We'd play music. I really got into just enjoying makers neat. Like I just, it's sweet, caramelly, it's light and soft. Uh, turn around, I turn 21, I go to Kroger, I get a bottle of Maker's 46. Like that's, uh, I'm, I'm special. <laughs> I bought this $28 bottle of bourbon. Like that's, yeah, this is crazy. And, and it started there. Um, it And periodically I'd go through phases where like, you know, I'd get really into whiskey or I'd go into rum or something. Like I actually started enjoying just drinking rum neat, finding nice rums, but I always kept going back to whiskey. And I worked at Walmart in Moorhead. Um, and we, uh, my store manager did a Knob Creek store pick. And that really put me like, oh, there, there's, you can pick barrels. There's different things besides just what's on the shelf, like Buffalo Trace, 101, Wild Turkey 101, and so forth. So then that kind of sent me down the spiral, but I had a rule. I'd never buy more than two bottles, no more than two bottles. One to drink, one after that. And that lasted until about 2018 and then 2018 it got to be uh um i've got a cart over here with bottles on it um i've got 10 boxes in my room uh, because i don't have the space for them and i mean it's just it's grown over the last three years just exponentially <laughs> and, and your girlfriend's still okay with it all right <sighs> I, mean, yeah, I mean she 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 puts up with it i mean she deals with it Hey, as long as she hasn't <laughs> said you don't, you can't buy bourbon anymore. Life is life is okay. <laughs> well, we're looking at moving. Like we're moving here soon, and we went and looked at apartments. And there's this one that had a nice big walk-in closet, I guess, bedroom. And I was talking about buying like display cases and stuff, and you know, shelving. And she's like, "Oh, this walk-in closet, it's five wire racks tall." And she's like, "All your bourbon can go in there." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, it can. Uh, there, that'll be see- that'll be for me." That that see she has accepted it and that is a good a good sign. <laughs> no, it is, man. Now now you you know you, you don't talk about this a lot, but you are kind of in the bourbon world a little bit with your your retail job. What's kind of yes. one of the the coolest parts about that? Because obviously you get to do some special things that way. Even with your your my daily bourbon account, I know you get some uh, on occasion some some media samples, uh, so to speak, like myself. What's one of the coolest best parts about being in this kind of world, so to speak? The, the fun part is, is, you know, I've been in, I've been in retail for a long time. 
And to finally mix the two together and to work for the company that I work for and be able to talk whiskey every day or tequila or rum, it, that's awesome. And then to get, like you said, media samples, uh, when a customer comes in and they're like, hey, have you heard of such and such? Well, yeah, I've tried it. You know, I got to try it. They sent me an early release sample. Um, and, you know, I think X, Y, and Z. And I may, you know, if, if it's not something that I particularly care for, I'm not going to tell the customer like, this is horrible, but I'm going to say like, this is what I thought about it. And I'm going to be the same person I am on my, on my page. You know, I, it's, you know, maybe earthy, young, so, so on and so forth. But, and then that can kind of help them decide. Cause I mean, I'm there to help sell spirits. I'm a spirits manager. So mm-hmm. giving them the honest opinion and being able to meld these two worlds together has been really cool. Um, I have a fellow person I work with who does the same thing. He has a podcast and just being able to mix those together um, with him has really helped our customer base. And that now they, they're like, you know, we are informed. They trust our decisions. They trust our palates most of all, because I can you know tell you something that, you know, all everyone knows like Buffalo trays. Ah, it's good. But um, we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't have Buffalo trays. I might get, a, I might get an allocation every two months of Buffalo trace, which is nuts being in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. But I can tell you what's close to Buffalo Trace and what tastes similar to it. And because I've been able to mix these two worlds together, uh, that, you know, they, they trust me. And I want people to be able to trust me. Well, and that kind of leads me into my next part because, I, I, you know, looking up things. And now you wrote about this, I, I believe, last year, which is why you're on, on the Summer School 2021. Because there's a lot of people that, whether it's the pandemic or they're, you know, just they're getting a little older now, their palates change they want to get into the whiskey bourbon world a little bit. What's uh, what's rule number one on starting kind of a collection or, or how to start a collection? So my rule number one is, let me get this pulled up here. Uh, it's, we'll say 1.1 slash 1.2 for me. Um, have a budget. Um, I have friends, I have customers. I, there's so many people I know who don't set themselves a budget and they're, they'll go to some store out. In, I mean, Kentucky uh, is kind of like the, the wild west with pricing and finding bottles. I mean, you'd come to somewhere like where I work, where I get an allocation every two months and it might be 12 bottles and we're at retail versus going down to like Eastern Kentucky, West Kentucky or South Central Kentucky and finding that bottle at a mom and pop store marked up 300%. So set a budget. Um, People come in, you know, from out of state and they're like, yeah, Buffalo Trace. And if we have it, awesome. Yeah, it's like $24. Um, And they're talking about stores down in like Hazard or somewhere selling it for 50 bucks. And I'm like, no, don't don't pay $50. You know, set a budget, which leads me into my next point of don't buy secondary. Um, When you're starting a whiskey collection, it's very easy to just see a post on Facebook, Instagram, or go into a certain mom and pop store and get a bottle. I mean, I can send people to 15 stores just here in Lexington alone and get them whatever bottle they're looking for. But it could be something like, you know, this water foolproof that my girlfriend won in the lottery costs 60 bucks in that lottery. Um, but I can send you to stores where it's anywhere from 400 to $700. So I hate secondary. I despise it. Um, I think you should get honest whiskey for your money. Uh, so I always try and pair those together with if you have $300 this month on whiskey, you need to decide two things. Do you want to save that and hunt down the line and kind of pick up things as you go? Because some stores may be 20% above retail. Or do you want to go in and just get some baseline bottles? I mean, there there's so many bottles under like 30 bucks that I can't recommend enough. And they're, they're all really good. And I've got so many of them just kind of sitting around here. Just like these, I set these up behind me so I can re- refer to them. Like early times bottled and bond may not be everyone's favorite. That's my trash can, by the way. Um, <laughs> this may not be everyone's favorite bottle, but at $25 in most places here for a liter and bottled and bond, it's fantastic. Uh, it, it, absolutely. And I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is two two things. One, things can get a little hot, out of hand when you're looking specifically for a certain bottle. And if you're not really yes. sure, you haven't maybe done research on or asked around to some friends on what might be a good price if you're kind of a novice. But two, there's some really good stuff that's under $30, $40 that can kick butt on some of the uh, higher priced versions of things as well. Um, oh, Absolutely. 
Now, you, you kind of touched on this a little bit. What are some good bottles maybe to start with? You know, three, four, five bottles that if you got, you know, you're setting in that budget that you can get and that you can kind of just say, hey, look what I got. I'm doing things right, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of them is old granddad bonded. I mean, it's Jim Beam, Hunter Proof High Rye, same recipe as Basil Hayden. Um, I like this a lot more than Basil Hayden. Uh, and this is a one liter and this is like $25. So this is a fantastic option um, for people who like Blanton's. And I can't stress this enough. Um, Evan Williams. So Evan Williams single barrel, it is a 86.6 proof. And I mean, this ranges from 21 to $28 locally in uh, Lexington. And it's just a fantastic bottle. Uh, I mean, it's light, soft, get a little bit of that earthiness like you do with, um, something like the Mashville 2 of from Buffalo Trace. And you'll, you might notice a theme with my uh, cheaper bottles, most like three out of the five are bottled in Bond. But like JW Dan, anything Heaven Hill. So uh, Elijah Craig, or not Elijah Craig, um, which that's a good one. Uh, but Evan Williams bottled in Bond, JW Dan, JTS Brown. Those are all fantastic bottles ranging from 12 to you know $17. And you, you just can't beat them. Uh, and then my all-time favorite under $30 bottle is Early Times Bottle and Bond. Probably the whiskey of the year is what I would say for 2020 for me personally. Like it, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal whiskey. And and it's one that is not going to break the wallet either, which is exactly. even better. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, that's what I think a lot of people kind of forget is you can get some really good bourbon, especially if you're going to be enjoying it with friends and, and so forth, maybe having a couple on a night. That, that Those are great ways to go. Now, this is something, too, I, I think a lot of folks have trouble with because, you know, you, you read, you, you get into reading and you're like, man, I'm not, that's not what I like, or maybe I like this, but no one else is saying they like this. Finding your taste. I, I feel like that's exactly. one of the hardest things to do and trust yourself because everyone's different. You know, I've, I've been on flight nights with people on this podcast. There's four of us. And through, sometimes we're all in agreement. Sometimes it's half and half. Other times it's a completely four different, you know, picks uh, for for what we enjoyed the most. So, what do you say to those that are trying to find their taste and and trusting that 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 as well? My first thing would be to start with the what I like to call the big four. Um, get you a bottle of something from Jim Beam. I don't care if it's Old Tub. Um, if it's white label Jim Beam, if it's Jim Beam Bonded, Devil's Cut, Black, uh, Jim Beam Black is a fantastic whiskey for the money. Um, Wild Turkey, Wild Turkey 101, anything Heaven Hill. And if you can find a bottle of Buffalo Trace, yeah, buy it. But, you know, I, I hate to include Buffalo Trace in any, any kind of list anymore just because everything they do make is allocated. But, I mean, even like Ancient Age or Benchmark, um, buy the cheap version of something they make. See if that's in your wheelhouse. Now, I know some people who absolutely will despise something like benchmarking. Like, oh, this is horrible. They'll go to a bar and they'll order like a, you know, a bourbon and Coke and not realize benchmark is the well bourbon there. And they absolutely love it. <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things like get something cheap. You know, I, I did a thing at the beginning of the pandemic last year. Um, I went and spent $100 on just, um, I don't want to say bottom shelf, but more budget friendly bourbon. Hmm. And I, cause I hadn't had some of those bottles in so long. And I was like, I want something that I can just, if I'm going to be laid off work for the next four weeks, I want something that I can just enjoy uh, daily and don't have to worry about it being one of my other ones that I've tucked away or a nice store pick. I can't get a second bottle of something like that. And it blew me away that I forgot how much I loved JW Dan. Like I absolutely love that. I can, I, people will come to me and ask me for a bottle that is what's what's good under like thirty bucks, uh, decent proof, great flavor. Shade every day. You, you you can't beat it. It Heaven Hill produced a solid bourbon, um, and I I hate to say that like I love I have every you know affordable bourbon they have around, but you got people like Jim Beam as well. Um, Jim Beam's probably the distillery besides Maker. Like Maker's got me into bourbon, and then I got really into Jim Beam things like Knob Creek. And the experimental line of stuff they were doing several years ago, that really kind of let me see what is in bourbon. I mean, like the the six row, um, well, that six row barley they did, the the wheat, like all those little three seven five things. Mm -hmm. When those released uh, several years ago, 
that blew me away. Like, oh, you can, there can be other bourbons besides like, or different styles of bourbon besides just the basic 10 labels you see on most shelves in every state. Like this is, that was cool to me. That really got me involved in it. So find a distillery that you can get behind. And I always suggest, you know, one month spend 20 bucks on a bottle. If you don't like it, you're out 20 bucks. At least you got a mixer the next mm-hmm. month, do the same thing. And it's going to take you a while, but I mean, or if you've got the money to do it, buy them all at once and just see, um, I love to have my girlfriend serve me flights blind flights and just seeing what comes out of those. So there'll be sometimes we'll put a bottle like, you know, Oh, I absolutely love, um, JW Dan. But on that, the next day, I always give people crap for loving JTS Brown, just because there's, there's that head to head, but there's been several occasions in blinds where I'll pick Brown over Dan. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is just my mood today. So it, you really just need to experiment and don't be afraid to start with those budget bottles and those cheaper options, because that's the foundation of every bourbon that every distillery makes. I mean, it's before you have Buffalo trace, you have benchmark before you have Blanton's, you have ancient age. So like, that's why I always tell people start with that. See if that's right for you. If you don't like that, you probably won't like what else is coming out of the pipeline. Uh, Absolutely. And I think one thing you said there too, that makes a ton of sense and if you can can do it and you, you've got maybe a friend or a significant other that can help you, is doing those blind tastings. Because so many yes. people, I feel like, are shocked when they do it because, you know, like Wild Turkey 101 will blow out other bourbons uh, of, of a similar range because you just have that connotation of, oh, it's a cheap one or I did that back in college or, or whatnot. But when they try it blind and you have no preconceived notion, it's amazing what your, your palate will pick up. Oh, absolutely. I had a buddy, he had never had Jack Daniels barrel proof, uh, single barrel barrel proof. I was like, man, you need to try it. No, nah, it's Jack Daniels. I don't drink Jack Daniels. You need to try this. And, you know, he loves Lodge Creek barrel proof, Stag Jr., all the big allocated things. And I was like, you need to try this. So he bought a pint. He took it home. He had his girlfriend set up a blind for him and his roommate. And they both picked Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. <laughs> and it blew them away because they, they did four barrel proof options. And that came in number one for both of them. And they're like, there's, there's no way, there's no way. And I'm like, you, you think Jack Daniels, you just assume it's the standard black label or gentleman Jack. You don't realize how good other stuff can be if you don't try it. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of my, my thing too. give it a try. You just never know what, what you're going to love. Uh, something that I think some people may be a little nervous to try at times, or maybe unfamiliar with is store picks. Um, yeah. and, and talk a little bit about that. Cause I know in your, your, your roles there, you said, go grab a store pick or two. Uh, cause obviously that's something unique that only they're going to really have. Cause it's a certain, it's done a certain way that not everyone's going to be able to, to enjoy or get. Right. Um, so I mean, things like if I just poured some of this, a new riff, um, this is a Jay Arisman, uh, new riff pick. Um, I can't tell you the last time I had just regular new riff because their single barrels just they range from anything from like earthy, spicy to desserty to absolutely just like way funky. And I love seeing that difference in there. None of them are bad. That's like Knob Creek. I, I don't believe there's a bad Knob Creek single barrel. There's good, there's great. So find a store, get go to a store. Um, some you know, store picks cost a little bit more money most of the time than your average bottle. Um, like a near rift store picks 20 bucks more than the small batch, but that store, uh, more than likely went to the distiller. They took their time. They picked that barrel. It was a decision that they like. Um, and you have some, there's two ways to pick barrels. There's picking it based on your client's palate, which where I work, that's how we do. That's my washer. Um, there's two ways. So we pick based on our client's palate. So most people want that butterscotchy, desserty, caramel, vanilla bomb. Um, and you got some places who pick what I call off profile. And so they're going to pick a barrel that is just very funky and weird, which I've posted about on my page. I've got a new riff called Cherry Cordial. It is nothing like any other new riff. It, it tastes like you just bit into a Cherry Cordial, the chocolate, the, the cherry on the inside, that little sugar syrup that's in there but I've never found that in new riff before. So it, it really just, it's an experimentation on your own. Um, if, if you decide that, you know, you like Russell's 10 year small batch, you know, it's a great bottle, but you want to see what a single barrel tastes like. See if that store has a store pick. Um, Wild Turkey makes fantastic juice. 
Russell's Reserve is, is a great option. And you can get a single barrel from like 60 to $70. And they're usually 9 to 11 years old. Um, so, and it's cool because they're age dated. So it tells you. And if you like it, get them because that's a once in a lifetime thing. Like you're never going to have that barrel again. And that's what I tell every customer who comes in my store. They're like, oh, I really like it. Well, buy as much as you can if, if you like it that much because it's a, I, I can never pick that barrel again. I can get close, but I'll never be exactly on that. Um, and that's like, uh, I don't have it up here. Um, I've got a, uh, I always refer back to Knob Creek cause I just love Knob Creek picks, but I have one that's called see no evil. It's a 10 year, one month Knob Creek. It's the best Knob Creek I have. People were literally coming into my store, hunting through boxes on my display to find that <laughs> bottle. Like where's the see no evil? Where's the see no evil? Where's the see no evil? I don't have anymore. Like it, it's gone. You know, it, we only had of that particular barrel. My store only got allocated because we split between four stores. I only got maybe 150. That's 150 people who can enjoy it if everyone gets one bottle. And for about three months after it was gone, people were still hunting for it. And they're, they're like, I, I need that barrel. And I'm like, I don't have any more of that barrel. It's gone. That's if you, if you find a store pick you like, go for it. And that's what we try and do where I work is we pick barrels based on that heavy butterscotch caramel flavor. And, it, it really resonates, you know, when a customer, when I go to a store, like a mom and pop shop and they tell me they picked a barrel, what's it taste like? And they're like, Oh, caramel bomb. Well, sign me up. Cause I, I want that. I, you know, it's, that's a, <laughs> that's a guaranteed way to get my money is by telling me it's a caramel bomb. Uh, you know, I've, I've bought in several different bottles at multiple stores around town. And some of them are like, Oh, it tastes like there's lavender and rose and this. I'm like, I, I don't want, I don't want to get, you know, a Russell's pick that tastes earthy, grainy, and floral. I don't, I don't want that. I want that, that turkey funk. I want that bitter spice and I want that butterscotch. So that's one thing with store picks is talk to the, talk to the people there at the store, ask them the profile and let them know what you like in a bourbon. Cause I mean, I've got 90 store picks probably where I work and I've got something to fit everyone's profile. It may not be in the price range that you're looking for, but if you look at it as, well, I don't need to buy three bottles of bourbon this week, maybe just buy one this month, you can then have that store pick. And if you like it, you can come back and get one every month or so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love that too, because it is something so unique. It's the same kind of with single barrel releases um, from no, pretty much no matter what, where, because you just never know what you're going to get. Uh, per se, because every every barrel uh, behaves differently. They're like kids; you just they, they grow up so so different, even though they're they're uh, in the same rick house or, or whatnot. Now, for you, oh, you yeah. get to go, now you get to go out and do some of those store picks. What's that experience like? Because I mean, that's got to be a lot of fun to actually get and get to go and, and know some of these people that is actually putting the bourbon together for folks. Oh yeah, no. So like the first barrel pick I did was where I'm at. Um, so the retailer I worked for, I've only been with since last July. And I wasn't able to go on a barrel pick until about January, February-ish. And we did Buffalo Trace. So, I mean, to walk into Warehouse H, have 12 barrels rolled out for us, and we're picking, um, you know, Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare Blends, and then there's a special one coming out that we um, we can't talk about yet because we're one of the – I think we are the first retailer to pick this barrel, which most people, you know, will be able to, to guess. Um, and it will be getting bottled right about the time this podcast releases. I mean, that was amazing to talk to the, just the information that we could get, like the girl who was leading the single barrel tasting for us, um, was like, you know, sorry, you, you know, our blends at that time was, I think six years or right around. And, um, you know, we were just talking and she's like, you know, there's such a demand for Blanton's these days. Um, it's just kind of you luck of the draw on what age you get. You know, most people will go ahead if they see a seven, eight year old blends, they're going to pick it just because of the age, not, not how it tastes because it's so few and far between that they're able to have the age range to keep up with demand. And then asking her, you know, sometimes they'll use a, like a Mashville one to go into a Blanton's or a Mashville two to go into Eagle Rare or Buffalo Trace. And, it's all about the tasting. So they'll, they'll have a group of people who will taste through these barrels and they'll decide like, oh, this Mashville one, it, it's spicier and earthier than it should be for a Mashville one. We're going to roll that into the Mashville two lineup. That might be an Elmer. That could be a Rock Hill. That could be a Blanton's or it could go into a batch of Ancient Age if it doesn't pan out. 
So like getting that information, because before everyone would just be like, oh my God, how did they pick a, a Matchville 2 Eagle Rare? You know, like what, what kind of secret stuff are they doing behind the doors? And it, it's all based <laughs> on taste profile. And I mean, I didn't learn that until, you know, like I said, January, February this year. And I've seen people on Instagram and they're paying four, five, six hundred dollars a bottle for a blend that's Matchville 1, only to, only to find out that this happens all the time. I mean, it, it's all the time. I mean, the Buffalo Trace we picked is a Matchville 2. But it's fruity, it's it's vanilla heavy, it's soft, honey based, and it just would not read as a if someone bought Blanton's, that'd be this is too sweet. This just does not remind me of Blanton's. This is more of a Buffalo Trace slash Eagle Rare esque profile. So that makes sense, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then to do things like I've got some samples here, like I'll go to Nulu, and so this is an apple brandy barrel. Um, mm that I picked and, you know, chase at prohibition craft spirits. They'll kind of just let us have free roam. Um, we sell a lot of their product and it's cool to just go in there and see like how a small craft distillery is, is growing their lineup. I mean, now they're going to be doing cognac and sherry and tawny and, um, uh, you know, they're doing their honey finished, their maple finished. And just to be able to go in and be, you know, on, on the growing side of that, like where this brand is now and my customers who love it, they're MGP who doesn't love MGP and see how they're going to grow. So it's really fun. Cause I mean, most of these barrel picks that, that I've been on or that we do, um, until you go do it and you get to talk to the people at the distillery, there's just some questions that just go unanswered. And then you're like, that's common sense. You know, it, it these big <laughs> the conspiracy theories and yeah. And it's just like, I, you know, we all should have known that we all should have known X, Y, and Z of why this is happening or what's going on here. Uh, that, that, that's great. And I, I think too, with like a Nulu, which is prohibition craft spirits for folks that may not, not know that off the bat. I'll never forget the first time I saw that on the shelves. Uh, uh, and I was like, Nulu, what is that? Cause yeah, you know, being in Kentucky now about six years, I'm like, I feel I'm like, what in the world? Is that just some random knockoff yeah. from some new one? <laughs> and now now that I've had it and, and, and you know been able to taste some of it, I'm like, no, it's not a random knockoff. It's it's pretty good. They're doing some really cool things. And I and it's just so fun to watch that because I swear they just hit the shells what six, seven oh, months I ago, mean, maybe? If yeah. That. And so um what's funny is is like not too long after I started Total Wine we started carrying their small batch, which is their just gray wax or batch one, like 94 proof. And Chase, who now I've become really good friends with, um, was like, oh, you know, I hope it does well. Yada, yada, telling me tasting notes and stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, this is, you know, who, who is this guy? He's, he's selling me sourced MGP and talking about how, how good it is. And I'm like, you know, I love MGP. I love, you know, anyone who sources it, whatever. But I'm just like, man, this, you know, what, what, what's this guy doing? The wax is going to set him apart. And, uh, lo and behold, you know, I bought a bottle. I really enjoyed it. I was like, damn, this is, this is really good. Like, this is a good blend. This is a good batch. Um, I start hunting through the back room of my store. I was looking for something one day and I found like an entire, uh, barrels worth of, of box quantity of a new barrel pick that no one had put out. Like no one just put it out. It got picked before I got there. And it just, when it came in shelved in the back room in the steel. So I put it out. People see the the gold wax and they're like, "What is that? What's New Louisville?" And you know, I'm like, "I don't." Or what's New Lou? And I'm like, I, you know, "I don't know what New Lou stands for." Come to find out, it's New Louisville, which I had no idea um, until a few months after that. So it's cool to see like a brand like that just kind of take off. And I mean, that's you know, I've got this toasted rye back here. Yep, that's Love phenomenal. The, the only the only other people besides um, them who are doing like a toasted riot cast strength, to my knowledge, I mean, there's there's down home, which is the pick next to it by medicinal whiskey. That's phenomenal. And like Sagamore Spirits, everyone else is they're doing a proof down. Um, and I, I mean, I love cast strength. I want to be able to tether my whiskey if it's too hot and I want to put a cube in it or some water. Let me do that. And it, it's just a fun. It's a it, you can experiment with your own whiskey. And a brand like Nulu, who lets me go and pick a maple bourbon or apple brandy or something like that, to give me that experimentation, it's just a fun process. And, and then something else that might be fun for folks, but can also go horribly wrong, uh, is, is trading bottles. But it's also something that you might want to do oh. if you're going to grow your collection. So some do's and don'ts on that. Um, always do it with someone you know. Um, don't... <laughs> 
I, I've not been bitten by this because I, ironically enough, I don't trade a lot. Of, I have traded several bottles. I don't trade a lot. Uh, the reason because of that is, is I'm a hoarder. Um, I'll get barrel picks and I'll post a picture and someone's like, I got to have that. And it's like, oh, and there's, I've, I've got three, but it's like, that's a damn good barrel pick. I want all three bottles that I have. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know if I want to trade one up. And then it's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them one. I'll go buy another one. And then I won't buy another one and I'm left out. Um, but I'll trade occasionally and I have no problem doing so. I have a buddy in Virginia who I've traded with several times. And the way we, that we grew that friendship was, was with samples. Um, I traded samples with him. He traded samples with me. We, we kind of built that relationship. So I, it's not just like, oh, I've met you. Here's a bottle. You know, it's let me get to know you first. And then over the course of a few months, we swapped some samples. We traded some bottles and we grew that. And it, it's nerve wracking to, you know, the, the way to go about that. Because, I mean, it's not the easiest thing to to do with someone who's eight hours away. And when you're online, you're on the internet, you don't know who you're talking to, what they have. Um, I mean, I, I've got buddies who were, oh, I paid this guy $600 for an old rip or for a Pappy 15, old rip 12 or whatever. And then they never get it. And I said, well, your first problem is you should never pay someone you don't know for a bottle. Mm-hmm. I, that, that brings me back to the secondary market. I don't like it. I hate it. Um, but when you're trading bottles, do it with someone you know. Or there's, you know, like um, Safe Bourbon Trader on Instagram, you know, Safe underscore uh, BT2 or whatever his user handle is. And that's a way to, he's the middleman, not saying it's perfect. I mean, there have been instances where trades have gone wrong, but that's a good start. Um, I Like I said, I suggest samples, but find out what you want to trade. You know, if you're trying to get a George T. Stag and you you are going to have to give up several bottles. Um, I mean, you're not just going to be able to say like, Hey, I've got this ultra limited rare Blanton store pick. Um, give me a George T stag. No, you're going to, that person who has that stag is going to value that at probably secondary pricing of around five to $700. They're going to want five to $700 worth of whiskey in return, um, whether it be at retail or on secondary, they want it to be worth their value motorcycle um so always know going into it what you want and what you have and how you're going to get there um and i always i cannot stress enough i cannot stress enough um just because you have heard of a bottle selling for xyz amounts of money doesn't mean you're going to get that in a trade um it's what I feel some, I, I don't do secondary. I don't trade on secondary. Um, if I trade a bottle to someone at that retail and I mean, I'm just honest like that. If I've gotten a Elijah Craig toasted barrel, I've had friends who've traded it for like two or three Weller antiques or a couple of Weller 12s. That's a $45 bottle. I'm not going to overcharge you for it after tax around 50 bucks. It's $50. I'll trade you for a $50 bottle. And that's just how I see it. I'm honest. Yeah. They could take that bottle and sell it for 200 bucks. I don't care. I don't, it's not mine anymore, but I like to be honest with people. So that's, you may, you can rush into trading bottles and get whatever you want. Um, and I have friends who have done that and they're like, oh, I own a birthday bourbon now, but they won't open it because they're trying to trade that up until like, give me a 2016 uh, George T. Stag at 144 proof. And I'm like, you're, you're working through this. You're chasing that high that you're never going to actually like achieves the final result of uh, at some point in time, if you're trading bottles, you need to step back and realize these are meant to be open and drank. So you need to set aside, like, these are the bottles I want to trade. This is my end game and I'm going to enjoy these. Uh, otherwise you're going to wind up like some of my friends who, you know, they could have 10 well or foolproofs in their lineup, but they're never going to open them because they want to trade them in a few years to see what they can get. And that, that's, do what you want with your collection, but to me, that's just not why would I tie up that money in something like that if it's not going to benefit me in the end. No, and, and I love what you said there too. Enjoy the bottles because that's my next thing. Is uh, there there's some, you know some people that I, that I talk to they're that way. They they open the bottle, they crack it open, they enjoy it. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be a pappy, could be you know a rare, you know a BTAC something like that. They're going to crack it and they're right. going to enjoy it because that's what they want to do. I think that's another thing folks need to do. Enjoy the bottles they have. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so my girlfriend won this in the total wine lottery and I've never had a well or foolproof. I've had one pour of it at Justin's house of bourbon and it was phenomenal. And as soon as we got home that night, we cracked it. I mean, it's, it's open. I'm not trading it. I've only had a small <laughs> pour of it, but I mean, we're going to drink it. It's, it's not, this isn't a shelf novelty piece. This isn't something that, you know, I mean, if I have a bottle and it's not open, it's either a, because it's a second bottle to something else, or I'm waiting for the right time. And I mean, this is another example right here. My wild turkeys masters keep, um, 1894 only available in Australia, New Zealand. I got this bottle and immediately within three days, we went through half of it, sampled it out <laughs> to friends. Um, I mean, this is the mission sticker. I mean, this flew from New Zealand to Australia. It's like Alaska around. I mean, at one point in time, this stopped to do a supply drop on um, Antarctica. I mean, so this bottle has seen some stuff. A friend helped me get this bottle. I'm sharing it with my friends. That's, you know, I'll probably never be able to get this again. So why would I not share that with other people? And I mean, that's, that's the thing with me is open your bottles, enjoy your bottles. I, I get it. If you want to save, like I've got a Michter's tenure I'm saving for my girlfriend and I, for whenever we hit our 10 year anniversary, I get when people do yeah. that, but don't just stack bottles because you, you want to say you have it at, at the end of, you know, if you've got 50 bottles of, you know, Pappy Van Winkle that you won't ever open, who cares? I mean, what is it? That's the story of the man with his money in, in the fire pit. You know, he just stares at it. It burns up. He doesn't know what to do. He has nothing to look at anymore. So, I mean, if, if you don't enjoy it, why would you spend the money on it? Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you right there. Uh, and kind of my last question on the, you know, what or how to start the whiskey collection is, I, I know you kind of mentioned, be careful on the secondary you know, set, set the budget, but is there anything really that folks should avoid right off the bat? I would say avoid. So when people come in, they talk to me and they say, you know, what's the difference between new riff and new riff single barrel? As I explained, new riff single barrel can range. Like there's a vast, like a wide range there. When you want to try a new brand, excuse me, start with the, the basic, you know, it's a newer small batch. They're bottled in bond, um, 34, 35 bucks. Give that a shot. If you like that base product, you could probably love their single barrel and what it could grow into. But if you go spend 50, $60 on a bottle, you're going to think, man, I hate that brand. That brand's horrible. It's terrible. I don't like it. Either the store did a bad job or the distillery did a bad job. Someone did a bad job picking that barrel. It's, it's, it's bad. And I've had people who have told me that like, um, this Russell's, you know, I had Russell single bear is horrible. Have you had the, the $30 10 year? I mean, it's, you know, 10 years old and $30. It's phenomenal. No, I had the single barrel. I hate it. Sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, you just have to start with that entry level product. You need to get in that entry level of the, of the brand. Um, so, you know, don't buy secondary. Don't assume that the higher end version of a bottle is better. It's because it's, it's not always better and don't, don't take what everyone says. On, don't, you know, not, I don't think everyone should take my opinion hundred percent. I give my opinion cause that's how I feel. But just because I like a bottle doesn't mean you'll like a bottle. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. we could be right the same nine out of 10 times, but I could tell you, Oh, this hundred dollar bottle is fantastic. I love it. And then you hate it. So experiment a little, don't, assume that every web page, you know, I, I go to pages like Bourboner and stuff like that. And I love the content they put out, but I'm always hesitant on certain things. Um, because in the past I've either been burned by a bottle or I've not agreed with her palate. So you have to take your individuality into aspect there. Um, and that comes with a pocketbook. So, I mean, you, if you just, if you believed everything that I said that I liked, um, which I'll find something about every whiskey that I like. I mean, it's not, not all whiskey is bad and not all palates are bad, but there's something enjoyable about every whiskey at, to, to some degree. And, uh, <laughs> I think that people should not just assume like things like Weller, um, Weller's a fine product. It is, it is, it is a fine product, but, uh, 
There's so many weeded bourbons out there. Like Maker's Mark Cast Strength is phenomenal. Like $45. It is just a delicious, delicious cast strength weeded bourbon. Uh, Larceny Barrel Proof, people hunt for that. And Larceny Barrel Proof has had more hits, or I mean more misses than hits as far as ratings go. Um, so just don't assume that the higher end version of a bottle, once again, is, is better. Try Larceny for 25 bucks. If you don't like it, you will not like the Barrel Proof. If, if you don't like the base product, making it spicier, hotter, and more expensive is not going to mean a better product by any means. Yeah, and probably just going to make you very angry that you spend an extra $20, $30, $40 or even more, uh, exactly. especially like like single barrels because you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to, to delve into that more recently. And my goodness, what you might get one time compared to the next time could be, you know, like you said, it could be on the earthy end on one barrel and it's fruity and, you know, totally opposite on the other end on a different bottle. So you always kind of got to be careful with that. And, and my, my final question for, for you, Chad, is what's some bottles that you, you've found lately that folks may not have known about but are pretty good bottles to grab? Ooh, that's a good Put one. Put you on the spot. Um, so that, that... Yeah. Um, yeah. If you live in Kentucky and can go to Liquor Barn, um, this it's Flat Boat Single Barrel. It is just Barton Single Barrel at 100 proof. It's in the Rock Hill bottle. 40 bucks. This is really good. If you like anything, Barton, once again, this goes back to like supporting your store, supporting store brands, liquor barns, you know, local to Kentucky, whatever. Um, but this solid bottle from a solid distillery. Um, damn. Uh, that's rough. <laughs> I, I, Too many options. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I recently re- re- regained my love for Rebel Yell 100. I mean, so... That's a delicious 100 proof weeded bourbon. I'm trying to look at my cart and see what I have here. That's like new ish or, um, oh, I've got one. I've not opened this bottle yet, but, um, John J. Bowman single barrel. Um, what most people don't know is John, you know, the Bowman brothers brand is a Sazerac product. And it's widely slept on. And the single barrels to me are vastly better than some of the Buffalo Trace store picks I've had. So for around 50 bucks, I mean, you're getting a 8 to 12-year-old single barrel. That's fantastic. Um, and I also recently regained my love within the last month for some Wild Turkey 101. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I've had it. I, you know, I knew I liked it. And then I got a bottle for something that I'm doing on a project with some friends. And I was like, damn, this is like, this, this is so much better than I remember. You know, it's, it's really good. It's, it's why have I not had this in like over a year? So I've been, I've been buying those little, uh, cheap, like at the pharmacy for, uh, $18 for a seven fifty, And it's just because I can store it. Like I've got a box right here. I can pop it in there. Uh, it doesn't take up much space, so not like I don't want to make people think, "Oh, he's an alcoholic walking around with a plastic 750." <laughs> but I mean, it's just you're something a professional like that. drinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I get paid for it. Um, <laughs> but it's just those kind of things. So go to your local liquor stores, and uh, if they've got a store brand, like where I work, we have some store brands, and you know, you may not love all of them, but we've got some that are just phenomenal, like Liquor Barn. Once again, like. This single barrel, 100 proof Barton juice is fantastic. Um, even Kroger's got one, excuse me, called, I think it's like Stonehammer. It's just like five-year-old Barton juice and $20. I mean, you, you, you can't beat that. So, I mean, those are some things you just, to, to like look around. Um, and once again, back to my, the beginning, don't assume every budget bourbon, which you can't see all of them because they're off camera. Don't assume every budget bourbon's bad. You know, old granddad, Evan Williams, J.W. Dant, like those bottles, they're under under 30 bucks. Two of them are under 25. They're just phenomenal. So I be open minded uh, at, at price points and don't assume because it's cheap, it's bad. And, and just enjoy what you enjoy. There's nothing wrong with that. And enjoy it however you yeah, want to enjoy it. Exactly. So, I mean, if you know, my dad will he will take. um yeah, 
and I, I'll, I'll give them bottles of Weller Special Reserve, which to me, you know, that's okay bourbon. It's fine. I much prefer like 107, but he'll take that and he'll mix it with Diet Coke. But I don't care because I'm not drinking it. And it. I'll buy it for him as a gift if that's how he wants to drink it. Cool. But I, I'm I'm going to drink however, whatever I want. Neat. Or there's, there's some days where I, um, about three months ago, I was like, you know, I've not had Buffalo Trace and Coke in a long time. Like, we're talking like three or four years now. So, I, this bottle was about up to here that night. I drank about <laughs> down to there. And I've not touched it since um, because I had a bad night. I, I just did not feel good the next day. But I was like, man, you know, it's sometimes just a whiskey and Coke is good. Like you, I don't always have to be drinking, you know barrel proof whiskey every night. Sometimes you just need to have that sweetness of a soda or a mixer to, to change it up a bit. Uh, absolutely. I, I love that Chad. And I really appreciate you kind of sharing your thoughts on, on how to start a collection. Cause I feel like there's so many folks that just don't know where to start. And I think this gives them a, a good, good little way to, to get into that and hopefully enjoy some things and, and learn along the way as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And like I said, don't be afraid of cheap whiskey. Start with the cheap brands first. I really appreciate Chad, uh, you know, giving those little insights, tidbits on, on how to start a whiskey collection. Because I feel like it, when you look at that giant wall of bourbon and whiskey at, at some stores, it really can be overwhelming and you really don't know where to start. And I hope you guys learned something there and on how to start. And you know what, if someone asks you, you know, because you know, you're already a whiskey collector, uh, maybe those are some other tips that you can pass along to someone else as they begin their whiskey and bourbon journey. Another way you can start a nice collection is by being part of our superhero fundraiser. You can get all the details on our Instagram page, at Spirits, all one word. It's going on through the 17th, and it's to benefit Casa of Madison and Clark Counties in Kentucky. We got six different bottles, some Mezcal, bourbon whiskey, some rye whiskey, lots of stuff up for grabs, all really good bottles. And some of them are a little harder to get depending on where you live as they're not all nationwide or at least they're very allocated. So check that out. Donate. You could win and you could start your whiskey collection. Also, don't forget to check us out, like I said, on all of our social media for our uh, fun videos. You keep up with us. And if you're looking for some cool content, don't forget to follow My Daily Bourbon. Uh, he, he is always pop, putting up interesting bottles. And uh, like he said, don't be afraid of the cheap stuff because he put one up the other day. That was pretty cool that you need to look for as well. Uh, remember to check out our partners in crime once at beer review they're at once at beer review on instagram and if you're looking for a fun podcast to listen to check out that another fun podcast to listen to besides this one check out dads on the deck until next time cheers everyone <laughs> <laughs>